episode four and that intro is still not old welcome <laughs> to watch and stuff everybody uh i am one of your hosts aaron alice leading tonight because monty um is just doesn't feel like it today i guess i don't know so everybody <laughs> i am here that. yeah am he is here he is here um i am one of your hosts aaron alice with me monty moore dusty evely as they are every week how mm-hmm. are you fellas Great. doing well Great, ready to talk about this banger of a movie. <laughs> the sarcasm. Can just hear it. <laughs> With us, we have a special guest, um, a self-proclaimed lover of this movie we're covering, Iron Man 2, our fourth in the series, because we started with Captain America, the first Avenger, and um, moved around a little bit. But um, Carol Toller, how are you doing today? Um, I'm doing great. I am going to quote Tina Fey, though, and I'm really uncomfortable with the word lover unless it comes between <laughs> meat lovers and pizza. I love that. <laughs> I do love this movie, though. It's an amazing movie, and I can't wait to talk about how cool it is. And yeah. feminist, by the way. Guys, I have a thesis. I'm, like, really excited. <laughs> um, yeah, and thanks well, for having we... me on. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining. We're excited. Uh, Thank wow. you for okay, we'll see. <laughs> Our first guest. So, yeah. um, first of all, as we do, what is everyone drinking? Um, I have the least amount of work. I'm just having bourbon. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm drinking rum neat. Uh, and and my thought was at one point he talks about the navy and they drink rum in the navy, so that's why I went with. Rum. There you go. That yeah, that looks, you know when I think of Iron Man, when I think of Iron Man, I think of rum. So mm-hmm. good good job on that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Trying hard. Work, I'm working every week, man. It's like two, two hours of prep for this. Aaron. Carol, are you are, are you partaking in any any drinks? Um, yeah, morning? I just have a Yingling traditional lager right yes. here. Oh, very nice. I think it goes very well with like an American cheeseburger. A lot of well, and classic. I mean, and and the can is 100% iron. Oh shit! Boom. There yeah. we go. Okay. Um, I am drinking um, the only red liquid that's in my house. It is um, cran pineapple juice with Cointreau and vodka, and it's at double. It at, at least it was like ingestible, right? And you didn't yeah. have to use paint or something. <laughs> just dyed butter. Yeah, just, no, I know. Just can't. took food coloring to <laughs> butter. That's all I got, man. Yeah, sorry, I tried. <laughs> I'm just drinking blood. It's fine. Um, no, that, it is a double I mean, because it is there is iron in blood. So right, boom. Just, look at look at us. Look right. at us. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, now that we're already weird. Um, <laughs> oh, I was so, way before we even started. Recording. I know it's it's just accepted at this point. So <laughs> Iron Man Two, as um, you may or may not know, is the sequel to the first Iron Man. Uh, he has this was released right after Iron Man. Uh, and he, or actually, the Hulk was released before this, I believe. It was. Yeah. Hence, this was, this hence was the, why next, we watched Hulk. the next year, I think. I think it was just right. a year after, but yeah, yeah, right. Hulk was yeah, it, yeah. It, it may it may have been less than a calendar year. Yeah, I would guess after just that. because. Um, well, it, it's weird because nobody ever talks about the, the Incredible Hulk, um, but uh, Tony is outed himself as Iron Man, and um, in this movie, he finds out that he's got, you know. He's basically dying. He needs to figure out how to make the the arc reactor in his chest kind of um, sustainable. And um, meanwhile, Anton Banco, who is the villain, has um, come back for vengeance for his father, who uh, helped create the original arc reactor. And um, I, yeah, I was, I was just gonna say in in those like that opening montage, I like that they 
where they kind of were just like, all right, we know this really worked last time. So they just showed Vanko building the, <laughs> right. building the whiplash suit, basically shot for shot with like right did. down to the lighting, man, right yeah. down to the lighting. <laughs> it looked like it was shot in a cave. It looked it like, awesome. yeah. I, I remember, I remember thinking, and this is a true story in the theater. When I saw this, I was like, is he in the cave? from the first movie for tom morello to pop his head around the corner they literally just going right back (laughs) okay i love that you said that um and obviously like the movie opens i'm sorry were you like gonna finish your thing aaron no no i was just going okay okay cool, cool cool um so obviously the movie starts with like the tony stark press conference um but from the other perspective so Apparently, the thing that this movie got criticized for was, like, the emphasis on world building. Gotta say, I'm a huge fan. I love the world building. Um, I feel like with serialized things that you're, like, passing off characters to different directors, different writers, like, the more that you can lay down a foundation, the better. Um, You know... They did a good enough job with this movie that, like, even J.J. Abrams couldn't come along and fuck it up. So, (laughs) like, I I love all the world building. There's a lot of parallels, and they're very intentional, and I love that they do them. Um, Yeah. That's a good point. I think it it sets your your base as far as, like, the time frame, too, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's always, like, it's easy to get lost in this. How how We we watch the Hulk. How much longer does this come after the Hulk? But you get... Vanko's building this thing during the press conference. So we have a, a general base of like how long has passed since the time Tony has outed himself as Iron Man to what we're looking at now. And it's basically that same time. And so you kind of get that that sense of space without you get kind of the same thing we talked about the Hulk a little where that the opening credit set that base for you. You kind of know what you're getting into and that it's like the whole you get his entire um, origin story in this without telling you this is this year, which is six months after the last right. one. You, you've got your base up front with, they don't have to say anything, which is a and really cool way to do that. The, the one thing that, you know, specifically talking about the world building aspect is when you go back and watch these older MCU movies with all the stuff that we know now in the new ones and how everything connects together. I always think about, okay, so you know that scene when there's where Tony Stark is before Congress or whatever, and he's got his phone out and he's got the Illuminati app on it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, do we really think that way back in Iron Man two, they were actually going to put that in a movie? Or I think that was just way more of a like we talked about last week. There's a lot of very subtle fan service that they yeah. do mm-hmm. in these early movies. Like that was total fan service just because he's one of the members of the Illuminati. But right. I don't think it's, I don't think it was he was this Tony Stark was supposed to be in the MCU Illuminati as we know it right now. Right. right. It's like kind of how we talked about last week about how there it's the teacher from Spider-Man that's in the Incredible Hulk. Like there yeah. was no way that that was like they're like you're going to be in Spider-Man right. in like 10 years. Yeah. Like, that, like it's just but Feige was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> um, did you like, guys know about the retcon for Peter Parker? Yes. Okay, yeah, the, I was so excited to learn that. Okay, yeah. Um, so the, to, yeah. So at the at the end, you know, like we're we're not, we don't have to talk about the movie linear, linearly anyway. But like at the end, where they have you know with the little kid with the Iron Man mask pointing at the mm-hmm. at the drone, that was retconned to be Peter Parker. Oh, I didn't uh, know because like oh, Tom cool. Holland, 
uh, it was a fan theory. And then Tom Holland, yeah. like publicly, like on a press tour was like, yeah. And then like Kevin Feige, like put his official stamp of approval. So it is officially that, canon. Yeah, it, may, it makes sense. Like, they got to tie it. You, they might as well tie it together and have somebody else do that work for them and be like, yeah, it's also I'm, I'm a big fan <laughs> of a retcon that like doesn't matter. Like it doesn't, right, it doesn't function change all. the story. Right. It does so not change right. anything. Like, no, like, like that's asks, Peter Parker, that kid yeah, right there. Yeah. 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 It just like, makes a like, bunch yeah, of sure. people on Reddit really happy. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like like we would believe Tony Stark meant less to Peter Parker if that wasn't him in Iron Man 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is unbelievable. Why is he following yeah, this man? They have no history. Another another thing that I I looked up because I had to, this, this was confirmed too, that when he's showing all like the blooper reels and they, he gets to the Justin Hammer one, the guy that's in that suit was actually the guy in Dr. Strange that he was like, no, I don't want to operate on him when he was like, oh, oh the, the, what's his oh, face guy. Yeah. 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 Remember he says like, we have a commander with like their spine was severed or whatever. Yeah. And okay. that was, it was, that's a similar retcon. Like that was later like right kind of be like that was the guy that he said no to that scene that, that scene either. by the way horrible what happens to that man but i laugh yeah right like way right. too hard at that right. for comic hard. relief he his spine got twisted <laughs> and him half. yelling oh shit oh shit <laughs> like it just plays so comedic yeah and then it, like i mean that i think is my favorite part of the entire movie was sam rockwell oh um, i, I think he's in yeah right he he completely um shined in it especially because well we were introduced to john don Cheadle as roadie in this and they straight up address it literally mm -hmm. roadie's first line is like i'm here deal with it so they're completely addressing that they've recast here that was Howard. very i love how meta that was like they... yeah <laughs> it was a little over the top when he was like i'm better than terrence howard i thought but like the... <laughs> They could have cut that. I feel like they could have cut yeah, that, that's right? a little but, personal, but you have to say it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what we're all thinking. I, yeah. I get putting it out there; just felt a bit much, but yeah, whatever. In in general, I I, I really like the Don Cheadle casting. Even in, in this movie, it's apparent there's much better chemistry. Oh, so good between yeah. him and RDJ, um, and and this is even kind of before Don Cheadle turns into a, like more of his comic relief. There's not much comic relief in this, but he really develops that over these movies as to being like a very snarky smart ass in a very comedic way. And he's, he's a little bit more, um, more tough in this one, but well, there's a lot yeah. of like, um, um, like nonverbal stuff that he has to carry. There's a lot of, uh, like conflict that he has between like doing what's doing what he believes is right for his country versus like, like kind of betraying his friend, Tony and all of that. And mm -hmm. like that stuff, he, that's not said out loud. It's a lot of that's kind of subtle, just nonverbal stuff. And uh, from what we saw from Terrence Howard in the first Iron Man, like Howard simply was not capable of pulling that off. Yeah. Does <laughs> yeah. Such a good he's job. So, in those he's moments. so stiff. Mm -hmm. Like you can he, just, you see the conflict there, which I just yeah. I really, really loved. I'm I love that part like, of the movie. <laughs> um, I love Rhodey's like nonverbal cues. Like there's a couple of times, like I like specifically just remember clocking, like, like Tony Stark makes some wise ass crack. Like one time it happens at the congressional hearing and then some other time. And he like, he, he definitely like, he's amused. You can see he does mm -hmm. a little like legit, like genuine amused smirk and kind of like hides it. Cause you know, he's got his 
army job to do, but like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the love is real. Whereas <laughs> you guys kind of mentioned on the first Iron Man, it's like he maybe hates Tony, but right. um, there's, there's this no Rhodey feel actually like actually loves get, him. Yeah, they don't, they don't repair. Like they, they don't come off as them. yeah, they don't come off as lifelong friends or anything. In that. <laughs> yeah. They don't um, come off as like enemies. They don't come off as anything. They're just like two people who happen to be in a scene together. Yeah, and they don't want to be and they don't want to be there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, we also get more of Happy Hogan in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. as we pointed out last movie, we were all surprised in the rewatch. We were like, man, he has like no lines in, <laughs> yeah. movie in Iron Man One, but we get more of him in this one. And he's turned out to be basically a comic relief character, which yeah, kind of fits. I, I do think it was cool that they put that scene in there of him like boxing because that's a mm-hmm. that's yeah. a comic nod because in the mm-hmm. comics happy hogan was a boxer so that was kind of cool that they that they threw that in there yeah let's talk about that scene <laughs> <laughs> yes, but... I, I i have a lot of opinions on this scene i'm gonna um... put myself on mute and let Aaron, <laughs> let Aaron cook here. <laughs> um we also are introduced to, to black widow and in, in uh, natasha romanoff um is is brought in and i think they addressed it horribly. They went, they pushed the sex, the complete objectification too far with it. Yeah. Um, Cause I understand there's a balance of like, Oh, she wants to seduce him because she's trying to make sure like she gets his attention. But then there was so much unnecessary shit. Like, why did we have to have Scarlett Johansson in fucking lingerie? Like, in a, like that was <laughs> the- not for t- like he could have just said she was a lingerie model. Like, it, they just took it to these heights. I'm like, that was the most useless thing of like him pointing out, and it also to me looked like he was. He even made a comment to Pepper that I thought was inappropriate. Like, oh, are you like? Have you modeled lingerie? Because she did. Oh yeah. Like, I- and I'm like, can you not? Like, it was really really icky. And then. um, later happy's like peeking at her changing in the back of the car like it's it it was was really really gross and they turned her into like a piece of complete ass um that and she's a completely in my opinion different character in the avengers than she is in this movie because they're like we gotta fix this (laughs) which i think was um i'm sure carol will get here uh Mm -hmm. as well but i'll I'll step i mean what i will say is like i think the happy stuff was was one thing I do think, I mean, she's a different character because I think she kind of has to be Um, like watching it again was this like she's she's playing that up. Right. Because he is a pig because he is an awful human being and she needs to infiltrate this. She she needs to become his assistant. How to become his assistant. Put all this out there. So she's good. (laughs) Flirt with him. Put all this stuff out there. And when she changes, when she essentially changes into Black Widow in the hallway scene, that's when we start seeing who she is. But it is like I was watching it going, this does feel weird. But also like, and they probably, to your point, they probably did not need to show all of it in the movie. Like, right? That's they just couple hints. Like, we we, right. we can figure it out. We can right. get there. We're, we're right. relatively intelligent. Um, right. But I do think they had to set that up as a base just to be like, we, we have to believe that like Tony will be like, yes, I will bring this woman on. Just come, come do things at my house. Oh, for sure. For sure. It was just to me, it was too much. It was too, too. It was, I mean, it was a solid five to 10 minutes of the movie. That does. Right. It was like, okay, like you get it. Like you don't have to show her in five lingerie pics and then also make Pepper feel bad for not being a lingerie model. Yeah. Right. And then not make Pepper feel bad for not being a lingerie model. Like, come on. Can we not pit the women against each other? Because they also did that later where they had Pepper being like, this is all your fault. And it's like, come on, this is Tony's fault. Shut up. But they had to make it into a cat fight. Um, okay, so 
That is a fair criticism. <laughs> um, and obviously, like, there's problematics of, you know, the portrayal of women across mm -hmm. all medias. Right. Like, it would have been truly revolutionary if there were, like, a fat woman character mm -hmm. and, like, a non-conventional female character, mm -hmm. um, like, non-conventionally attractive, right, who, like, gets an important role and, like, you know, a fat woman who, like, we're not talking about the fact that she's fat. Like, that would have been mm -hmm. revolutionary. But that's not what we got. And I'm okay with what we got. It's still feminist. Um, like, it was, it was heavy-handed, but... They this entire movie. So <sighs> Natasha slash Natalie is port like they're playing up the way that gender is performance, right? Like Natalie is playing a very specific role. That is why. And they use her performance to kind of illustrate like the way that um the men performing their gender um is really unhealthy. Like when Happy peeks at her in the back seat, mm -hmm. he literally <laughs> drives into the other lane, right? And it's like just a, you know, it's a little joke, but like I feel like there's meaning there, right? Like um, it's very intentional. Um, so, okay, and this was where I asked everyone if they read Jane Eyre, and nobody has read Jane Eyre. <laughs> no, nope. I was gonna make a perfect reference. I ran it by somebody else familiar with both stories, and they were like, yes. Exactly. Like Tony Stark went to the Edward Rochester School of How to Land Your Governess as Your Wife. Ah, from Jane Eyre. Ah, from Jane Eyre. He <laughs> hires Natalie. He does not have a crush on Natalie at any point. Like he is performing. That is all he is doing. He is performing. And that's why her performance is so over the top because they're both performing and serving each other's or they're using each other for their own purposes, right? Like he, that's why he points out the stupid lingerie thing to Pepper. Like do, he's literally hiring Natalie yeah, to make Pepper I, jealous. I, I think that's a good, I think that's a good doing. point. I think that's a good point about him doing it more from a performative uh, perspective. Cause like, we obviously know that him and Pepper are like together, whether or not they've said it as an official thing that they're in a relationship or whatever. Like that's clearly the way the movie is and the story is going to go. I mean, like, I don't think. I mean, they're not together secret. yet. I yeah. think right, they. I, I think their vibe all... is like they're. They know that they're going to be together. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. The yeah. only the only issue I have is like they're in that room alone ahead of his birthday, and like there was a moment where it looked like they were like gonna do something, and then they didn't. So and I, I mean, and I, I mean, I, I, like, I know the what they're trying to do. Yeah. I just, I just think that they they did it too much where they, he literally, she's literally objectified. He says, I want one. And I'm just yeah. like, Oh <laughs> my God. Like, yeah. And yeah. Point, like Scarlett Johansson has even come out and said like within the last like year. Or so she's like, yeah, I wish we would have like done that different, like well, that and again, differently. <laughs> Cause and it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but I mean, it was 2010. Right. Like, it was things, yeah. things are way different. Oh Yeah. In in 2010 which yeah it sounds crazy to say because it's not that long ago yeah. well, i don't think women could vote yet in 2010 right? <laughs> Honestly, i might be off on the timing of that i can't remember when that happened yeah when, when was suffered yeah. like 2012 around, or so it was around there yeah it was yeah. Around that time. yeah yeah right sure. before the avengers came yeah. out then all of a sudden yeah. natasha had like purpose <laughs> like yeah i mean i i think they completely corrected her attitude too she was like a lot less just seductive as a human being like it wasn't her only like her vibe is not 
just sex in the Avengers and moving forward. So yeah. that, cause it's someone that she's become my, my favorite Avenger. So like, th- like seeing the difference between her in this movie and like every other movie is, is like wild. The contrast. Yeah, they I, were like, mm, this was too much. Well, Let's I think she's it part of it. I think it's, it's like, she's more of a character than those other ones. Right. Cause here it is just like, she's dropped in and has all this stuff. To right. Do. Cause yeah, she does like still her... like, she uses, I, I will say feminine wiles. She uses her feminine wiles in, in say like, <laughs> uh, the, like, uh, uh the, the second Captain America movie, like in, in, right. and, uh, and of the beginning of Avengers, yeah. um, right. you know, after the cut scene but or whatever, that was, to some extent, it's played differently. And mm-hmm. we know like she's in control of that narrative. She's in right. control yeah. of her own agency right. and she's using that to get what she wants. Basically. It's right. not, this is not th- put upon her. She is doing this to, to get to that end. It's, it's, it's viewed through a different light, partially because like you, you, her character is, is filled out in a way in those movies that that you don't get here. Like even by the end of this movie, she becomes Black Widow and she gets all the guys in the hallway and does all that stuff. Like you still don't have a feel for her mm-hmm. at all. Like and as speaking, far as the character until later on. Yeah. Speaking of characters that are kind of one note and like typecast, the you know like the the one night stand reporter from the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know that she's she's also at the at the Monaco race, but you got you guys know that Sam Rockwell's wife in real life. Really? really? That's yeah. hilarious and amazing. I did not, <laughs> not know, know that. that. Yeah, I know so her, I know her from um, the league. That's that's okay, really what yeah. I thought mm-hmm. of her at from. Uh, oh so, my god, so thank you. She's yeah. one of those like I have face blindness and probably mm-hmm. have confused her with like multiple other yeah. blonde women. Thank you. Right. That, that makes... is that Les- Leslie Bibb? Is that yes, not Leslie? That is her name. No, no, that is her name. It is not... Leslie Bibb. Really? Is, is yes. it Leslie? Oh, is it? I watched I the name. credits, guys. Yeah, I should have looked this oh, up. Oh, that is her. Time. So she, yeah, yes, so she's her. in like, uh, like I know the the babysitter. She was in, wasn't she? Will Ferrell's wife in Talladega Nights, if I'm not mistaken. I think she's in. Yes, uh, oh, she uh, yes, she is. That's right. She's in. Wow, uh, great pull. I forgot. She's in that. Trick or Treat. Uh, the, she's in the very beginning of Trick or Treat. She gets <laughs> she gets killed and then beheaded by by little adorable little Sam. Um, she's one of those people who's in a thousand different things she's a risk yeah. if i'm not mistaken and like it's, it's kind of the same thing she looks she looks like a lot of other actresses so i kind of like oh she's uh, i've seen yeah. her but i can't remember what i've seen her but she's yeah. in a thousand things yeah. i'm good. looking at her her bibliography or whatever you want that makes the whole like dynamic <laughs> there's a lot that, <laughs> did, did i say the wrong thing it's filmography i think you're, you're thinking <laughs> of books like jane eyre yeah, is a book <laughs> this is a movie i see uh, i've got jane eyre in, in my mind I see aaron aaron instead <laughs> of watching the movie read the, a research paper <laughs> aaron read the iron man 2 novel instead of watching the movie yeah, yeah that's, damn that's she's a big I fan of leslie so bibb's fiction work which is <laughs> yeah. just really really good <laughs> She's written like fifty books. It's amazing. Her historical nonfiction work on the Civil War, just truly <laughs> groundbreaking stuff. Yeah. You know? And then, so one thing, what like this is going back to how you know this their continuity has been pretty impressive all the way through. Before I remember, before Civil War came out, there were like these I don't want to call them one shots, but they were like Twitter videos that were all centered around like the like Civil War and like the plot line. And mm-hmm. she was like the main like news anchor for oh, okay. like those videos. So she so it showed her career progressing, right? Like she was just first a reporter and then now she's like getting huge events like Monaco and then she ends up being a news anchor. So that that's a that's, that's a testament to their continuity, I think. Um I really liked there were a lot of cameos in this movie. 
Um, oh, we yeah. obviously had the Stanley one, and he's mistaken, or I don't know if he's supposed to be playing Larry, Larry King. Larry, <laughs> yeah, he's Carol, Carol and I, Carol and I talked about this. <laughs> yeah, Carol, I, don't know you you, I don't know if you researched this at all. So in most of the movies, he's he's listed as himself. In this movie, in right. the previous movie, he, they call him he Hugh Hefner. Hefner. Yeah, Hefner. no, no, no. Yeah. In there's like previous, this difference between IMDb and the actual yes, credits on the that's movie. What it was. Right. Yeah, yes. yeah. So in IMDb, he's listed as in this movie, he's listed as Larry King. But okay. in the credits, he's Stan Lee, right, Carol? Yeah. In yeah. in the credits for Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 1, Stan Lee is listed as himself. That's interesting. Funny. See, because I did Google like the Easter eggs to see if there was stuff that I missed. And they said that he is missed. They specifically said, but it was a website, so I didn't really think about yeah. it. But they said that um, that Tony mistakes him for Larry King. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was exactly the point that he made. Like, right. He's meant, like, it's definitely intentional. But yeah. Like, if you obviously... go to Spirit Halloween and buy their li- off the rack Larry King costume, <laughs> I don't know what gonna... state you have to be in your life that you're buying a Larry King costume, Bonnie. Don't let me into that darkness, brother. You know, when you're going to the Stark Expo, <laughs> that's how you get in. Yeah, okay, look at that. There's a cosplay the contest. contest. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm glad you brought up the Stark Expo. I'm shoehorning, guys. Okay. No, no, so I, this is my number one. This is my claim. This is my thesis. I'm really excited about this point. Okay. So <clears throat> at the Stark Expo, we have metaphor alert, guys. <laughs> Tony Stark is performing ego-driven masculinity at the same time that his literal core of his identity is pumping poison throughout his mm-hmm. body. Therefore, that is deep. the yeah. movie suggests that Tony Stark is infected with toxic masculinity. Oh. And once you see that, <laughs> everything, like every single thing that happens, every particularly annoying, um, <laughs> everything that's really tropey, like when you see it through that lens, it's like, oh, this movie is really, really, really criticizing toxic masculinity and showing which, the ways that it's undercut. Like, and it's harmful. Which for John, if John Favreau is writing that deep, that's impressive. This Kudos. early yeah. in his, I would be very surprised. <laughs> I but... okay. Before I I didn't talk about this, but I mentioned it. So, but I it makes before, sense to me. But sorry, I, didn't, yeah, I, I just like, wanted to finish. I, I just like want to finish. I, I, very, I think that makes complete sense. I don't know if it was I, intentional, but it ended up looking. I feel like, like it's that. more interesting to talk about what art does than like right. What John yeah, yeah. I, right. I, I think I think the 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 Tony Stark character as a whole, like you can't ignore that part of his personality in general, right? He's very yeah. overt, over the top. You know, whether whether we talked about it's performative or sometimes comes naturally for him. But when we before we started, I was saying one thing that I didn't really notice until I rewatched it. So that scene where Ivan Vanko comes out on the racetrack and John Favreau comes to save the day in the Bentley. <laughs> he they run it's into his, now for me. They yeah, run I'm into right his there. legs with a car like 50 yeah. times. So many times right so and, times. and the whiplash thing's human. not a, and the whiplash thing's not a full suit it stops yeah. at his waist so how the hell in the next scene is he just like sitting in that prison cell it took less than legs. that to kill mel gibson's <laughs> wife and signs also i'll tell you that right now yeah it took like, way less than that. okay and you know what's funny is the way that he's sitting in the prison it's like you barely see below his knees like yeah, my, like my yeah. 
watch through. I like one time I was like, wait, is he like, did he lose his legs? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like literally. And I had to like pause it and look and be like, no, right. and he has okay, like no see. scratches on his yeah. legs. Like, like this, this, this scene of him and Tony Stark talking, like this should have been in a hospital. Like, <laughs> The dude literally got his leg smashed right. by a car. Right. Well, um, what was but because funny, of toxic think... masculinity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Saved him. He rotted in jail instead. <laughs> um. Well, and I, I think the the funniest thing that I didn't think about until Dusty brought it up last week post show when we were kind of talking about this movie is like, why doesn't Tony just like back up? <laughs> yeah. Why like, he's so close? It's like, so like he's just like. Yeah, like he could like so, definitely that's kind of a plot hole that like nobody talks about it's just like well get out of arm's reach so and you're i want to talk fine. about like two things about that scene and then one thing <laughs> going forward about whiplash that bothered me to know it okay so in that scene first of all the monaco car crash that basically mirrors the early iron man stuff that's how he meets happy in the comics yep. is yep. he he's driving this car he crashes it he flips it upside down there's like gas pouring out like he's gonna die he's gonna explode and happy who is like basically a down on his luck boxer that's awful that's in the comics everyone's always like well he's like i stepped out of the ring so i don't want to hurt anyone like you're only hurting yourself happy because he sucked <laughs> at his job and he rushed in and he pulled tony out and then tony was basically like I'll give you money. And happy said, I don't want money. I want a job. And so that's how he met. That's how he met. Happy is basically yep. the Monaco car crash. Um, okay. This scene is on right now. So I'm yeah, watching same. His, okay. his so suit he's, he's right smashing now. up his stuff. He's got whatever. Those whips are what? 10 feet long. <laughs> Tony right. gets, Tony gets the suitcase armor, which dope scene because all we've yeah. seen so far is like the big, everything's screwed in and it's all a big thing. Mm. He's got the suitcase thing. It's awesome. That harkens back to, I think like, Mid '60s, I think, is when they kind of started doing that com in the comics. Yeah, because that that was the that was the the second color scheme was that silver. Yeah, and red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he like Tony's there, and instead of like flying away and just shooting at him with a repulsor <laughs> from I don't know 15 feet away, yeah, he stands there for too long and just keeps getting hit by these electric whips. Like why? Like I'm like watching back it up, again. Just like, back what up, do you doing? Well, and I like you have back. jet boots on you. On you. <laughs> Just fly it's away. The toxic masculinity is spread to his brain. Right. Like, it's a part of his down. brain that makes decisions. I like that it was shorting. Right I like that it was shorting out his suit. But then he was like, "All right, to overcome this, I'm gonna wrap myself." I'm in gonna do the freaking limbo even more. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. shorting it out. Like, how is that making it any better? Okay. And the other, the other thing I want to bring up before I forget, since we're here. One of the things they keep saying, and the senator keeps saying throughout the movie, the little Larry Sanders keeps saying throughout the movie is like, listen, Tony kept telling us this technology didn't exist. This technology exists. All these people know they have not gotten a look at the arc reactor at this point. All these people yeah. have seen is a shirtless man with whips. The technology doesn't like they reference this three or four times throughout the yeah. course of the movie. They told us it didn't exist from your point. It doesn't sir. Like he's just, he's a, like a he's got electric whips with electric whips. <laughs> this looks nothing like Iron Man. Yeah. The fact that they keep referencing that is you need to turn it over because of this. And Rhodey's like, I'll, I'll take this to the general because of that. It doesn't look anything like that. Was one of those. I was like, why? Why is no one saying this is insane? Like this is <laughs> the arc thing reactor thing, though, right? But and they probably like, don't know. No one's got to look at it. There's no way. They yeah, but we, that. no, that's an arc so, reactor. I got you. Like no we know that, but the people in the know. Yeah, yeah, also, yeah, okay. Yeah. So the arc reactor does not like lead to the technology of the suit. Like though, like he had to develop 
like Jarvis all and all yep. of the weapons to go in it. That just means you can power something with it, but that doesn't mean like you can create. You could shoot this man in the chest one time and you're good. Like, <laughs> you're, like you're done. You've you've defeated thought, the evil. Right? That's you would think that there's security. He's fully exposed. You think some bodyguard would be like, um, let's. There are I thought thousands there was a of people in the stands at Monaco, man. There's so many people <laughs> yeah, there. I thought dude. it was a missed opportunity, speaking of the arc reactor, where instead of just like smashing it right away, like why wouldn't Tony take that and figure out exactly what that guy made and like how many people could replicate that? Cause like, again, you just brag to the entire nation that nobody else has the tech, you know, that this guy has a form of it. Mm-hmm. So how do, so the more you understand that tech also, the better it's going to be for you in the long run. Cause then, you know, I think the movie implies that he gathered all the information he needed in those three seconds. Like we <laughs> see, we it. see his like eye stuff zooming in on it, yeah, and then later just... in jail, he's like, you know, critiquing the construction That's to whiplash. So I think what we're supposed to take away is that Tony Stark was able to look at it and know right away yeah, everything like, like, about it. I also love that conversation because Tony's like. Should have doubled the cycles. If yeah, it was like, that easy to do, like, I don't know, shit, I quadrupled the cycles. Like, right. yeah, I like it. whatever it takes, man. Because <laughs> he was like, I doubled the cycles. Do that in the first place then. I, what was stopping so you? So the, the, it jumps It jumps next to the, um, like, when we go to the hangar. I, I, I've thought, I always thought it was, like, really weird. Like, why is Elon Musk randomly in the movie? That's a SpaceX hangar. Oh, that, uh, yeah, that, that they shoot all those scenes yeah. in. So he was probably like, Yeah, I'm in um, the movie then. Another cameo Seth Green is in this movie. I saw that. R- really? <laughs> yeah. In, in like the chaos scene when he sees <laughs> quote unquote Larry King, Seth Green is in it for like half a second. That, yeah. I did not know that. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why? Maybe he's just a big Iron Man fan or something. Yeah. Who the hell knows? That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so random. <laughs> um, but, oh, uh, uh, no, sorry, go ahead. Well, one of, one of the things this movie bit. does, because I feel like The Incredible Hulk didn't do a ton of this until literally the last scene where we see Tony. It's like meant to be in credit scene where Tony Stark walks in to yeah. the bar. Um, there are so many overlapping references to like what they've got in the works at this point, because we knew like, as we kind of talked about, they didn't know what the hell they were doing with Iron Man, like where this was going to lead. And they Captain Shield shows up again, and it's like a prominent display of it where he uses it to like because he just magically creates a freaking element in his house with <laughs> materials that are in his house, I guess. But with a laser that has to be moved, even though it's hitting it at full power, and he has to like drag it across for some reason, even though it's, it's why would you just turn it and then turn it on? But line you know. it up in the first place. By the way, I continue, please. Continue. I have a, I have, and I have a theory about that part specifically. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll do that after you finish. Well, and then I will go um, after Monty after you. Finish. <laughs> and then they mention, um, there's so many mentions to Thor, which is the next movie. They talk about the Southwest region um colson leaves because he says he has to go to new mexico and then obviously the post credit is a scene mjolnir for the first time um but so this is like there's so much overlap but of course there's no mention of the hulk yeah <laughs> which right. is kind of funny yeah. <laughs> um but there, there this is where we talk about carol as you said like world building is now we're establishing other events that haven't happened yet in this mcu that we're going to be seeing um because Iron Man obviously didn't do that because they're like, we don't know where the hell this is going. So yeah. my th- my theory about the whole um, part about him synthesizing the element, 
I always thought it was really weird that they never give it a name and they don't tell you what it is. But then when yeah. I rewatched the movie, um, especially after having after already having seen Captain America, like I'm pretty sure that he just synthesized vibranium because they show in in Captain America they show him trying to harness some of it, and then when he has the shield, they say, "Be careful! That's all of it that we have." Mm-hmm. So I think because in that little that real that movie that he recorded for Tony it says like I don't have the technology to do this, but I think you'll be able to. Like I'm pretty sure that's what it was because this is something his dad didn't. You know he says that he rediscovers something. So like I think right. I think they had the vibranium. He was trying to figure out how to synthesize it and use it. But where did he get the vibranium? Well, we don't learn until later where it actually comes from. No, I mean, like, where did Tony get it? He created it with a tube. Oh, like, he created a, vibranium? He create, like, he created, yeah. he synthesized oh. some. Like, he oh, made Oh, okay, some. got it. Because got it. I'm, I'm, I thought you were, t- I thought that the shield was being brought in, and I was like, did oh, he no, no. to drop something up? I, I <laughs> yeah, got no, because, like, yeah, I think. <laughs> Which is I funny, think he, because the shield is made of the thing that he's synthesizing, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right there, and man. They... <laughs> Because otherwise, I've always thought there's no way that they're going to have a whole scene where he creates an element. They don't even give it a name or say what it no. is. Yeah, like, that's, that's a good point. That's a, that'd be a ridiculous, not even a plot hole. It's just a huge hole in a scene. Like, <laughs> right, right. Much like the hole he tore through his house synthesizing <laughs> vibranium. <laughs> because he just For didn't line reason. this thing up. He just decided he to point it out a wall. Yeah. <laughs> good job, buddy. Like, how did his whole house not collapse? <laughs> well, they have to save that for Iron Man three. The banger yeah. that is Iron Spoiler Man. Spoiler alert, man! Yeah, sorry, <laughs> apologize. We're not there yet. We're not there yet, guys. Can I make? Um, I want to make. Oh, sorry, Carol. Go ahead. Oh no, I just since we're talking about the hardware scene, and then also I have a conclusion to my thesis. I'm going to try to back into it. We're gonna Please. let's see how this goes. Okay, but I just <laughs> um, this is my <clears throat> for feminism. I like to use the male gaze on men. Um, so I gotta say, we love hardware mode. I'm a huge fan. Like absolutely nothing makes me feel more heterosexual than Tony Stark in the, the little muscle thing. It's like progressively shorter <laughs> shirts. And then we get like the muscle tank and he is, right. he is building something, you guys. Like I am here. <laughs> for it i would have appreciate like monty wanted um like extended like him training his eyeballs to read stuff in the suit like <laughs> yes. I want more of him like synthesizing you know, you know Iron Man in, in hardware <laughs> mode um but yeah so this scene is like so 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 important also okay whenever he's like doing the little like digital configuration and like figuring out what the neutrons and stuff is going to look like, what the nucleus is going to look like, what the neutrons and electrons. And then he figures it out and he like claps and like, like, you know, like a choral director Mm -hmm. guys. (laughs) (laughs) That's cinema. That is cinema. Like right there. Absolute peak. Um, But that scene is like so important because the scene tells us that the cure for toxic masculinity is love and creative expression and community. Like Tony is really, really stuck. Like he's pouring through all the notes and getting nowhere. And then he watches the little video where his dad like 
directly talks to him and says, like, I'm doing all this for you, Tony, and you're my greatest creation. And that's the moment when he stops everything. He follows his heart to Pepper. Um, when he follows his heart to Pepper, which that's a whole other thing we can talk about. Um, <laughs> that's when he discovers the key to the, like the element, right? So it unlocked everything. Like he opened his heart. He was able to accept that his dad loved him. He was able to love his dad for the flawed man that he was. And then he was able to literally create an element in his base map. Oh. I think they was really good. I think is that too smart for this, Aaron? Do we have to cut that? Was that too smart? Yeah, for the show? yeah, that's too like refined. That was... for I suggested us. Yeah. a code word. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you you thought it was out. for that me. Was really I good, was thinking Carol. of everyone. You got to balance it out and make like a fart joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was um, just talking about his muscle. Tank. Yeah, no, yeah. I think you should have taken his shirt off. Right. I don't think they went far. Yeah, I, I, that's, yeah. I, this, I, this that's all I was thinking off. about. His, so pants I missed that whole conversation. his pants should have come should've, off. This would have been the pants off scene for yeah. Aaron. Oh, no. Oh, the laser was yeah. pointing at my belt. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. See, that, was, that was our, you know, this has now become apparently a segment of what scene do we wish someone's pants were ripped off? And oh, yeah, I think, I think the, I think the element scene was that one. But it is funny how they did kind of do their, ruin a uh, a serious scene with a joke when because like when howard's like doing the recordings like i'd like to show you my ass my ass <laughs> <laughs> maybe like, that's when the pants should have been ripped off completely out of nowhere that part was hilarious like i forgot about that when i like well it. i also wonder if because I, I when i first saw that i was like i wonder if that was like an actual blooper and they're like we're just gonna leave that you in. Must leave it in there. Well, yeah. it's, I, my thought when i was watching it was like that's funny. It comes out of nowhere, but it also because he had tuned it out at that point, so it kind of yeah. it shocks him back into essentially catching what the message ends yeah, up. He's being. like, oh, my like dad just yeah. like turning yeah. around and showing his ass. Yeah, oh. it shows it like totally different guard. side to his his dad mm-hmm. that he's like. Back yeah, it's just. I mean, as we were kind of we were kind of just. <laughs> As we were just kind of talking about when it's like the sweet things he says about Tony. It's like, why didn't you say that when he was alive? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I get why because it's a movie and it's you know it's perfect for the plot but it was just funny it's like man like a lot of he, tony's issues would have been well he knew at some point in the future tony would be able to create some technology to yeah. create holograms of his parents who could then say nice yeah. things about him yeah. if he wanted them to like, <laughs> yeah. they call it, and then call it yeah. Barf. yeah yeah <laughs> did you guys in the in that little case that he had from his dad that nick fear gave him it was uh there was a copy of Captain America number one in there. What? I didn't even notice. Yeah. I didn't see that. No. Yeah. And when he's like flipping through the notebook, there's a drawing of the Tesseract. Yes. I got that one. I was so which, excited. Yeah. Which, when, which, about myself. Which is why in the Avengers, when it comes up in that little thing Coulson brings to show him, he grabs it out of there like, I've seen this before. And then oh. that made, because I, I was like, what is he looking at that specifically for? And then when I watch this, when you see, yeah, he's flipping through the notebook. There's a drawing of it in there, so he's already seen it before. Oh, uh, nice right. job, Well done. Well, um, there are some other Easter eggs kind of towards the end because at the end of the movie, um, spoiler alert, he defeats Vanko <laughs> with um, Rhodey. Believe it uh, or not, in wins. yeah, in in a little um, observatory kind of place or greenhouse really, kind of thing. Really cool setting. For yeah, me. I always, I really always appreciate the setting. Wasn't that biodome? Yeah. Yeah, the but the Polly Shore movie. I don't think so. Yeah, I thought I thought that was the set of Biodome. <laughs> this Polly Shore is in the same universe as, the, yeah. as Iron Man. <laughs> um, 
But it ends with uh, Fury, basic because we were introduced to Nick Fury again. He's in the post credits yeah. of Iron Man, but he has a much bigger role. Um, but at the end, he basically admits that he's building the Avengers. Although you kind of get that hint at the end of Iron Man, but um, and he talks to him and he basically says that you've been denied because you're a narcissist, <laughs> you're self-absorbed, like you would be, you're toxic. But did you guys notice that in the background, there's a map? He's got the uh, map, yeah. The, and, yes. and all the locations that are marked, including Wakanda, there's um, there's like Greenland where Captain America's found, um, there's Norway on there. So it's kind of like a little Easter egg, especially with the Wakanda thing, because it's like they know about like that Wakanda is a place that I mean, I guess Did Wakanda you, is part of like the government or the UN, but I like I like that the news clips, the the videos that are being shown on the screens in that scene are about mm -hmm. the they're talking about the Hulk fight at the college. Yes. So like that's yes. that's a very close continuity thing. I had we we like Carol brought up the world building part of it and we've gone to it a couple times, but so they mention Southwest and New Mexico and all that so much in this movie. I didn't know this until I kind of looked this up. So Marvel came out with a comic book called, and it, was, it came out in 2012. It was literally called Fury's Big Week. And all of this stuff in these movies. It was like Baby happened, Stay Out. Yeah, all, all the stuff in, this, in these movies happened within the first week. So uh, wait, I can hear you typing, Carol. Oh my God, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're all okay. <laughs> I do it all the time too when I forget to mute. Um, so I looked this up and I went, cause I was like, okay. Cause they all seem to be very closely linked in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it's, so the comic is about his incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor and Captain America. It follows those, like the big events of those movies all happen within a week in the timeline. So that's really? why Col that's why okay. Colson has to up and go to New Mexico. He's got, yeah, okay, that makes because, sense. Because like they just found the hammer, so he's like, okay, I've been re-signed. Right. Which is which I thought was pretty that's... cool because they don't give you a good they don't give you a good timeline for how long does it take Colson to get to New Mexico? Like how much time has passed? Is Iron Man, you know, still dealing with the fallout of this movie by the time yeah. Thor starts and all that stuff? Right. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's that was the most exciting part of this movie for me, I think, was the was the establishing of like the connection to everything. Because like I said, we didn't get that in the Hulk. And um well, it, it was weird for me because when I first watched these movies, I watched them in release order because or uh, chronological order because everyone told me to do release order and I fucking hate when people tell me what to do. So <laughs> I said no. So I started with um so this was like the fifth movie maybe i i watched um because i never watched the incredible hulk because i didn't realize like it you was didn't know actually, you had to <laughs> yeah it was a part of the mcu it's not on disney plus <laughs> so i didn't go through it but um you know i i didn't get that in the first couple movies between um first avenger and captain marvel just because like they're in their time period pieces so this like even watching in chronological order this is like the first time that you're like everything's starting to come together yeah Okay, I'll ask you guys because one scene that we skipped. What did you guys think of the the dramatic party scene where he fought with Rhodey? Because so dumb. I, so yeah. dumb. No, it's so not. I, I, hate, I hate that scene so. So much. here's here's why I don't like it. <laughs> I I I know why they had to put it in the movie because in the comics, Iron Man is a huge alcoholic. Like he deals with alcoholism for a really long time. 
like through a lot of the runs. But I get that you're going to have them, you know, fight because he's saying you're out of control, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was so hilarious when Iron Man growls at the people at the party to make them leave. <laughs> like He's not the Hulk. Like, that's not scary. Right. I also well, thought it was them, weird. They're watching them fight and like no one particularly right. cared until it got violent. Like, they're like, oh, he's drunk. Ha, so I like so my, suddenly a villain. Right. Yeah. My opinion is he should have like if you would have actually hurt Rhodey in that scene. Right. Like mm-hmm. he actually hurts him. That would make everyone at the party be like oh shit like we gotta get out of here like he's out of control right. but he just right. like turns and yells at them like well and it's also weird that everybody like glass run... bo- well, he was like, yeah. glass bottles over Above women's their heads. heads who would have been cut like if that didn't yes. scare him off right. growling certainly yeah. And and, yeah and they're like explode he's yeah he even like hit like windows in his house at one yeah, point. He's, he's blowing yeah. everything up <laughs> well and I, I him growling is like the first time that he's like performing aggression right because like before that it's all it's obviously extremely destructive but it's like all fun like throw I mean, the watermelon in the air die beating them yeah but people aren't rational right like that's the point like <laughs> while he's pretend like while he's pretending to have fun everything's okay even though we're literally destroying this entire house it's when he like get- turns around and makes a mean face like oh now it's I now do think we if- notice the problem right i do think if they had and I, you know we'll never know all this stuff if they already had out through, through like civil war maybe as being like okay well that's where like he's gonna get hurt i think mm-hmm. this would have been the perfect other time for him to get like severely injured yeah. by tony yeah. beating him up like and then redeeming himself and all that that's but, right he gets paralyzed yeah. and nobody ever talks about it <laughs> yeah he just has bionic legs and they're <laughs> he learns to walk so. again he's fine he's, there's yeah. no big deal <laughs> You People see like, him through, like pee, like physical therapy, and then all of a sudden you're like, "What are on his legs?" Bro, those legs are week. sick. What happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like... <laughs> okay, it but literally this... took me like two watches until I actually realized he was paralyzed. <laughs> I was, I had to Google it. I was like, "Is he actually like okay?" <laughs> but Vanko can survive the Rolls Royce to the <laughs> right. <legs>. That's... <laughs> right. But um... the scene, like the fight, is really important. Um, just for my thesis, because <laughs> the fight that they have, right, um, it leads to growth. And then at the end of the movie, once Tony has conquered his toxic masculinity, he is able to defeat evil robot Jeff Bridges too with the help <laughs> of community. And the only way that he got the community was through the conflict of the fight. So the fight needed I to like, happen just for that. Yeah. I, I, I just think I, I, I don't. Yeah. You needed them to have some sort of tension between each other for that to like resolve itself in the end. Like the redeeming. You do. It's just like what well, kind of like the other scene. Like it, it it's just, just not it, done. Well, it felt too long. It yeah. felt. Yeah. It went on forever. Game. Like I like when he's like, DJ, give me a beat. And like the DJ <laughs> would stay there. All right, uh, DJ, rest, rest in peace. Yeah, he passed yeah, away. Yeah, he died in real life. Yeah. yeah, he shortly thereafter. Yeah, he yeah. got in that uh, plane wreck with Travis Barker, and then I think he yeah. died not long after the movie came out. Yeah, I'm not yeah. They um, okay. I so I one thing I thought when you knew you were gonna see like Whiplash come back, he just happened like the the upgraded Whiplash was just. Whiplash with a mask and the ropes were longer. Right, and he just was like a like a like taller, like because he was just like inside of a suit. 
but not really a suit that really didn't much. <laughs> well, and, and that was that was a point, Monty, that you made, and I didn't really think about it until you pointed it out that um Iron Mon like he's basically a less cool ironmonger, like less terrifying yeah. ironmonger. So my one of my issues with the movie is it it, it feels like there there's some new stuff, but it, it gets a little bit repetitive in kind of the storyline. You've got a guy that's in the same industry, it doesn't work for for Stark Industries, but you've got Hammer, who is basically yeah. um, Obadiah, the same kind of character, who is evil, trying to make money, and he gets too greedy, and built, a suit is built, and it tries to destroy, destroy Tony. And it, it there's a little bit too much of the same, and so I think a little bit is why it drags a little. It feels like you're watching the same movie, and especially when you're trying to build this new universe it's like okay we already kind of saw a lot of this already um you get a little bit more roadie in this and obviously you get the introduction of black widow and there's but the same relationship kind of stuff with pepper very much they have great chemistry but it's like it, it, it's a little bit repetitive that's okay. why sam rockwell I... is so good though because he does yes he does an right. amazing job with like a not great written character yeah yeah so I get how that is. No, I get how that's annoying. And the argument could be made, you know, that it's overdone. Um, But like they do repeat so many things specifically, I think for the world building aspect there, they draw very, very precise parallels so that you can see like specific growth and specific changes. Like, you know, in the first movie, when he defeats evil robot, Jeff Bridges, like the lesson that Tony is learning is about like sacrificing himself for the greater good. Right. So mm -hmm. then in this movie, he kind of does the same thing, except this time it's a different lesson. Um, and with him and Pepper, like in the first movie, we get, you know, them out on a roof and they almost kiss, you know, they have a really special mm -hmm. moment. Oh yeah. At the very but, end. And at the mm -hmm. end of this movie, we get the roof part two mm -hmm. and they actually kiss this time. They're actually together. So it is repetitive, but it's specifically so that we can appreciate, like, this is character growth and where things are heading in the future. Well, I had, so, okay, tell me if you guys agree this is kind of crazy. I had one note here. In that scene where he's, like, showing him, first of all, the Sam Rockwell's plan, uh, Hammer's plan in this movie, absolutely ridiculous. Like, we're going to break <laughs> this dude out of prison. Like, <laughs> and no a one terrorist. <laughs> Like, and like, not think about any consequences that, is, that will come that from is, that. That is ridiculously evil, number one. Number two, when he's like, he says they're like $125 million a piece. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? Like, then when you see how many of them are at the at the expo, right. I like, yeah. that That seems overpriced. I know inflation's a thing, but it's <laughs> right. 2010. He, he defeated those was way back too up. easily, like for $125 million. Each. Yeah. And, hat, and that's what I was going to say, too. Why do... How was Vanko like so smart? He just like hacks the government like drone program. Well, because his like, super, dad was really smart. smart. Yeah, because his yeah. dad, yeah, his dad like helped with the, the bird. Arc reactor. Because the bird, <laughs> it's, like, it's like ratatouille. It's like ratatouille. Yeah, you got, you got the raccoon going. Yeah, the, the bird is a the bird is a warmonger, and he just. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Obadiah staying like reincarnated as a bird. Yeah, it's just trying to take down a, Tony. I'm gonna have to watch this again through the lens of the bird is controlling everything. <laughs> you know, I hope the bird comes back into the MCU. We gotta bring that bird back. 
<laughs> I want to bring but, up, I think we're getting ready to wrap up here. I want to bring up a, a, a very dumb connection that I made in my head through this. So mm-hmm. yeah, the second expo, the second Stark expo, Sam Rockwell, who listen, we've talked about him. We've not talked about him enough because he owns this movie. He owns every movie he's in. He absolutely yes. owns this movie. Mm-hmm. He comes out dancing because he's Sam Rockwell. And in Sam Rockwell movies, <laughs> oh, Sam Rockwell dances. Such a good dancer. He comes out dancing to Average White. Uh, pick up the pieces from Average because, White. Yep. That song was in Swingers. Swingers oh. was so John Bravo wrote it. That was he did not direct it. He wrote Swingers. It was a big, I think that's when they're hopping clubs. Pick up the pieces in there. Yep. Favreau's film directorial de- debut was made, which if you haven't seen it, it's a lot of fun. It's him and Vince Vaughn kind of doing gangster stuff with Peter Falk and P. Diddy and stuff. Uh, that featured Sam Rockwell in an uncredited role in there. He's a, he's a, oh. I can't remember what his, uh, I wrote this down. What is it? He is like a, a hotel clerk. Uncredited, he's in it for like two minutes. So then he comes out to pick up the pieces. So you've got this whole weird oh, like Favreau Rockwell Good kind of uh, career thing coming through there. So while Carol was doing all of her Jane Eyre smart stuff, that's what I was like, <laughs> oh, I know that. Song. I know that song. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I am wearing my ACDC shirt today. Oh, there you go. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, because we hear a couple of ACDC songs. Well, I, I wonder. I I wonder if Iron Man was like it got a lot of new people in acdc like you know stranger things has gotten people in like 80s music right. or whatever like i wonder if acdc saw a resurrection on their i was gonna say streams but probably not really that many people right streaming. like how, what? Like, like how like wayne's uh, world made queen go number one yeah, yeah. again <laughs> yep. yeah it was like shoot the thrill was that the yeah. big one in here is a shoot to yeah thrill? Yep. that was like the, was... the opening yeah, there was when another one. And I, I, I can't remember what it was, but there was another one. But yeah, Shoot to Thrill, which is also in where he makes his appearance in the Avengers. But that is a, we didn't That's talk right. about that. Yeah. A great entrance scene for him as we're wrapping up. We're going to talk about his entrance. The beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he jumps out of a plane and lands to shoot to Thrill, which is like, oh, man, he he's kind of the king of entrances. Which, what are they, like, they, they didn't look like fireworks? Are they just, like, yeah, shooting I don't, missiles at him? He's, like, getting yeah, hit by him on the way down? Uh, I didn't I quite like, understand they, all that. Because they didn't really explode. Are, are they under fire? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to, so everyone's got to go around. And now you got to do the, you got to re, you got to rate it as a movie mm-hmm. on its own, and you got to rate it as a movie in the MCU well, and we decided prison. last week that the, the MCU rating is more of like a scale, like a like a sliding yes. scale. Because mm-hmm. yes. originally I was just rating it as far as like a an MCU movie. Like I was like, oh, yeah. it was good. But then you guys were like, no, it's a one. I think we I was had, like, oh, we had, right, we because it doesn't like fit. One, right, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, okay, so it's a sliding scale, <laughs> not just like a rating. But the MCU one is, is a sliding scale. So, All right, so um, you'll... Should we should we let the guests go first, or yeah. should we let the yeah, guests go Yeah, Carol, you go ahead and go first. Okay, um, I'm just gonna stick to my brand. <laughs> uh, we're gonna go ten for ten, both accounts. We got world building. We've got ev- like this movie has everything. We didn't even talk about the congressional scene, but like when he says, "I've successfully privatized world peace," <laughs> and throws the deuces. Like, what more do you Gary want? Shandling. What more That's do you want? That's not a citizen pain right there. Yeah. I can't <laughs> believe we, did, we didn't bring up Gary Shandling at all either. There's so much. So much. Um, so many delightful little nuggets besides the, you know, awesome feminism. So, yeah, I'm just going to say 10 for Marvel, 10 for regular movie. All right. Um, Aaron, you're up. Oh, gosh. Um, I am going to go for regular. Make, we're all going to make Carol mad. We're just going to say this. <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> 
For regular movie, I'm gonna go. Oh, this is tough because I think it's a better. I think I'm gonna. I think it's a better regular movie than it is as an MCU movie because it feels just so repetitive from Iron Man. So if I saw it and did Iron Man didn't exist, I'd be like, oh, okay, that's not bad. But I think yeah. it, it's a little more boring because I it's too repetitive. Um, so I'm gonna say it's like like a five and a half for regular movie and i'm gonna say it's like a five for mcu movies okay so because my, my feeling is on most mc although i guess the mcu is a sliding scale so i guess maybe lower than that maybe more like a three <laughs> and then the two spots well we'll get there yeah i was gonna say we still have to get there um so i think as as a standalone movie i kind of agree with you that if like this kind of if you only saw this and never saw iron man one i don't mm -hmm. really think you'd be lost mm -hmm. necessarily mm -hmm. um like and not because i think you know iron I, well now iron man is iron man is super well known but back then it wasn't but it's just yeah i, I feel like this could have kind of stood as the origin story in a way um mm -hmm. but i do like i like the world building because i felt at this point the fact that they were making everything cohesive kind of felt it felt the most real in this movie mm -hmm. because like we talked about last week incredible hulk's like kind of detached by design mm -hmm. um so it really felt like okay things are like cohesively coming together now in this movie so i'm gonna say as a as a standalone i'll give it a four but as an mcu movie <laughs> i will give it a seven only because of how how much stuff they did actually tie out of this movie right that's a great like they, that's a great point they, they went back and retconned things out of the incredible hulk and they went back and put things <laughs> in from this movie so like obviously they want this to be more important <laughs> right well i yeah yeah yeah, I'm probably in the same boat. The the I'm at the scene now where we're sitting at Randy's Donut. I do yeah, not have same. the sound on because I'm talking to you, lovely people. Mm -hmm. Um, the song they're playing is it's a Beastie Boy song. It's one of their instrumentals from oh. Oh Communication. Oh, they put out yeah. a, they put out a solo an album after that called The In Sounds from Way Out, and it's from that. And I just I love that song. They got the organ and all that stuff. Just it, incredible song. Um, I'm kind of so the further we get down this path, I feel like the harder it is to rate these as standalone movies or not because right, you yeah. get so ingrained in this. This is, I mean, probably this run, right? Until you hit Avengers, I feel like we can do that relatively well because while yep. this does tie into past movies, it's not, it's still, it's still divorced from those enough to where you can kind of, you can kind of judge it on its own merits, I think. So, yeah, I'll give it, yeah, we'll say standalone. I'll probably, I'm probably a five, five or six. Like there's some enjoyable moments. I'm giving, I'm giving it a six because that gets a one point bump. That's, that's what we call the Rockwell bump there. Um, so yeah. we'll, give a, we'll give it a <laughs> six enough. for the standalone. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like MCU. Um, like I said, I think that's probably a little higher. I think that's probably a, a, a six or a seven, just because it is. I I feel like it's it can't be that high because while they do tie some stuff in, it's not that much. Like they they tease in they tease Thor. You've got the Wakanda thing that you have to really be paying attention to in the background. You've got the the Tesseract as we mentioned. Like you've got all that stuff, but like. You don't today, need any of that. Justin Hammer hasn't shown back up yet. Like they haven't really right. done. Yet. I hope they haven't done yet. anything. Like a lot of stuff they established in this movie, aside from I guess War Machine. Like you've got War Machine, mm -hmm. and you had uh, the drones. 
the drones that hammer has you know you, you eventually that like iron legion stuff so you do have yeah. some of that that kind of carries forward but there's not a ton i feel like but i'll, I'll give it if i give the movie a six i'll give at marvel we'll say six and a half we'll do that and then one last sam rockwell thing but I, I thought was really funny in that scene where you know everything's going to shit basically and he knows he's in trouble he tells him not to call the cops like that's gonna matter <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah he's i'm gonna get away with this so one good. for sure he's such right, a little dweeb right. he's so no good he's so good in this movie yeah i, I love sam rockwell he's he's a gem all right all right well i think that does it for us um carol where can people find you out on the on the twitter machine i am at c-a-r-o-l-e-t-o-l-e-r number one that is where you can find me um, doing Twitters. <laughs> Talking about Iron Man 2. <laughs> Talking about Tony Stark. <laughs> and Dusty, what about you? Yeah, I'm at Dusty Evil. You, you can, you'll, you'll find me and then you'll wish you hadn't at a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, post some, I'll post something weird. You'll find me. I'm at Ferd Turgeson, F-E-R-D underscore T-U-R-G-E-S-O-N. And you can find me on Twitter at H-E-R-O-O-I-N-E. And uh, thank you guys for listening again. And we will see you in two weeks when we uh, Thor. talk about Thor. Let's do it, man. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm.